0: Hello everyone and welcome to From the Heart, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. My name's Josie Cooks and as we adjust to social distancing and working and learning remotely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're going to be sharing stories with you about our experiences as a way of staying connected and being in community with each other. Welcome back to part two of Life, Death and Resurrection, a conversation with Bishop Brian Mascord and Daniel Hopper from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. This week we continue our discussion on what impact COVID-19 has had on their ministry and we talk about finding moments of grace during the pandemic. You mentioned earlier that people are craving faith development and wanting to understand their faith in a deeper way. Apart from accessing Mass online, what else can people do to connect with their faith during this time?
1: Well, a number of places have things like Faith Circles, which is a sharing group on understanding their faith. Our youth Ministry team are offering things for our young people just to even experience their own faith at their level. It's, I think we've got to open up our, and recognise that it's not a one-size-fits-all situation you've got to actually be able to look at what it is that we particularly might need at the present moment and sometimes people need to tell us what they need um, or what they'd like um, and let's see what we can do in terms of developing it sometimes it's just basically um, a scripture reflection and so there are a lot of those things happening people are sharing um, scripture circles their uh, faith circles um, all those sorts of things are happening around, they just got to tie into
2: it. I've never seen so much faith formation, Catholic faith formation, in my entire life, online, as I've seen right now
1: around the world. I think part of what we need to do is always remember that the, the important thing is to have the face-to-face, oh. but maybe it means that when we do the face-to-face we might film it, edit it a little bit, to use it as a, as a, a short series. Mm. We've got wonderful wonderful theologians here in Australia and that we we could tap into um, in the same way that people are tapping into the likes of um, Bishop Baron stuff. and that that's great, but that's American. We need to look at what's how do we understand this in our Australian context. Yeah. And that which is really important is one of the things I used to say before I was ordained a bishop and my early years of priesthood, people would talk about going overseas to do a sabbatical or something like that. And I used to, I, I encourage people to do sabbaticals. I'm really, I think it's really, really important. But I always wanted to do one here in Australia simply because it was in that Australian context I wanted to learn more about my faith. How does it mean, what does it mean for me here as an Australian man and as an Australian priest to be part of a community here? I think those sorts of things we need to look at. What what are the opportunities we can provide here? It was very interesting because just recently um, the, we had a death in I won't say in my family, but a lady who was really associated to my family and that she was incredibly good to my grandmother when my grandmother was very ill. And she only died a couple of weeks ago. But I got a beautiful message from her daughter letting me know that over Easter that it was a real solace for her um, in her um, being aged and not being able to get out to connect to a... her words were a vibrant community, so she saw what we were doing in providing the liturgy and everything as the response of a vibrant community. That's that's really lovely. Yeah. Mm. That's really really powerful. So,
0: would you have presided over that funeral?
1: Probably I would have if I'd been able to.
0: So was that difficult?
1: Yes, yes, because she was a. There's been a, a couple of people who have been really close to my family who have died in the last little while, and uh, that that um, it would have been really important to be part of that. Hers in particular, because she was such a um, such a, a powerful woman of faith, and uh, that that. Um, and she would never have seen herself in that way she was just seen herself as a a lady from this little village little town outside of maitland um who just did this because that's what you do because you look after people but it was such a powerful image and when i was the i was a priest up there i buried her husband so it was Mm. i had that connection with the family i'd done their children's weddings and um, baptisms of the grandchildren and great-grandchildren and things like that. So, yeah, it was a really sad point for me where I couldn't do that. Um, but I may not have been able to anyway because of my commitments as a bishop.
0: Yeah. And and that, what was that like for her family? Only having like a limited number of people who could they attend. They could only have
1: the ten people there. Um, that was really hard because not the whole family could attend. Oh. And that because they, um, she had a, had a twin sister who. They were as thick as thieves, the two of them. You just didn't see one without the other, and so therefore, her twins' family were part of her family, and it was so tight and interlocked. It would have been one of those normal parish funerals where the church would have been overflowing with people. Um, so hopefully, in the future, they'll be able to do some a memorial for them, for her, and that might be a chance for the community to gather. But it was it was a really hard one for them. Because, And I think that's been a case for so many people in this time that um, having such a small number of people, it, it's been really difficult.
0: What about what have the youth ministry team been doing in a way of um, creating opportunity for the young people in schools to stay connected with their faith?
2: Well, I know th- that as soon as this hit, they're basically their entire program of what they do is face to face and is being in schools and doing their lunchtime concerts and doing their evening um, sessions with them and so when this hit, that really hit youth ministry, Catholic Youth Ministry in Wollongong hard about what, what are we going to do how, how, we, how we, we can't we've lost our whole program for the entire year and the, and the net team from all those kids are either from America or Canada, they're all from Northern America and they had just come over I think a, from memory, it might have only been a week or a couple of weeks two or three weeks maybe in australia and they're and they're like oh now we can't go anywhere what are we going to do and i i know that seth and the team had been in the back of their mind they've been talking a bit about wanting to take their their show to to take what they do their content a lot of what they do onto an online show and so all of a sudden they're like well we can do this and in the end we just started doing it and started practicing and 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 working it and we're like oh
1: that's not terrible. <laughs> That's <what's> pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. And I think one of the things they had to be really conscious of too because a lot of the, the young people who are going to be watching this would have been kids at school yeah. Yeah. who have been on screens all day. Oh, so therefore yes. they had to make it so it was going to be inviting enough for them to want to go back on screen again yeah. Yeah. And that because they've spent all that time on screen during the day at school. And so were they going to want to go? So all of that had to be taken yeah. into account.
0: I don't know about you guys, but I think for me, even if there's podcasts, I've realised things don't have to be perfect. It's just a matter of having a go and getting a message yeah. out there.
1: I get worried because I keep forgetting to take my little hat off oh, during so mass. Horrendous, <laughs> <laughs> and that. So, but even like Does even it really we matter? Were, well, that's just it. Doesn't oh, really matter. He's so scared of the legit Nazis out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's terrified. But even today, when we were doing it, I reached the point where I was through the through to a point where I thought, "Yep, still got did the hand on the head." Yeah. So I just took it off and put it on the yeah. altar as I normally do. But it, there would have been a time where I would have turned around and said, "I'm do that again." I noticed and that, I, but didn't worry about it. I just kept going today. Because so. when you
2: did it half, you're doing it, you did it halfway through the prayer, and That's I look, right. I turned to Seth and I whispered. Is that, is that the right spot? <laughs> and then <laughs> even Seth even goes, Seth goes nah, but No, but it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> no we'll just keep it going. It's all good. Matter.
1: So you just, you just, you just learn to, to do what you need to do and you might stumble over some words. That's, that's normal. You stumble over words when you're doing things normally at Mass, so therefore you let it go. Um, it's, it's very interesting because, um, as, as Dan said, he'll send me a copy of the, of the link... For for the mass. And I'll have a quick run through it and just look and make sure it looks all right. But I can't watch it. I I don't watch it for Mass on the Sunday morning. Why? Uh, I just you can't, can't watch yourself, you mean? Really? No. I can't watch myself and all that sort of stuff. So I I don't. I've celebrated the mass. So yeah. I don't go back and watch it again. Do you watch anyone else's? No. Wow, okay. I've watched, I've been watching a couple, but I do it more out of just research. You're
2: doing, you're doing mass, mass, <laughs> what well, mass surfing? Yeah, yeah. I do a, little bit of, a little bit of research. I'll be, I have to watch the one on Sunday to make te- make sure technically it's up and it's working, and we have to monitor our feedback we're getting in our comments in the live chat yeah. and make sure it's great.
0: What have you both learnt from this experience?
1: Obsession. <laughs> Obsession. <laughs>
0: it's um,
1: the fact that I hate makeup. Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about the whole COVID experience? What about uh, even
0: broader than just the production? That
1: we're, that we're bigger than we think we are. Okay. And that, and where at the same time, um, I think one of the things we have realised is that during this time of isolation and this lockdown, the influence we can have um, for the good and the influence we can have in... Um, Supporting people that you you didn't realise you were were having. Um, That isolation doesn't mean that you are not socially interacting um, because you are socially interacting. The very fact that you take the time to sit down and participate in the Mass at that stage or participate in the Anzac Day service or participate in the Way of the Cross, you're, you're socially interacting. Uh, and you might be doing it by yourself or in a very small group. Um, That's been a really powerful thing. It's also taught me that we do have the opportunity to to reach out to many of our aged care facilities and provide opportunities for them, for Catholics in the aged care facilities that normally couldn't get to celebrate Eucharist of a weekend. But if we're able to to live stream it and put it on YouTube and make connections with... um, the communities to say, well, OK, here it is. It's up on YouTube. You can gather the community together at that stage and they can celebrate, watch Mass together. Those sorts of things are... Because a lot of people at the present moment will watch a thing like Mass for You at Home. Um, but that goes on at 6 o'clock in the morning. And that it's it's not something that's at, an, at a time where people would normally be around. So a lot of... I know of people who used to... Um, record it and then watch it later in the day. Whereas if we put on something at 9.30 or 10 10.00 o'clock or 10.30, uh, most people will be able to sit and watch that, pray that, um, because they're not able to get to church on a regular basis. So, and I think it also then says the importance of the visiting, the visitation to our aged care facilities and the visitation mm-hmm. of those who are at home alone uh, what we normally refer to as the shut-ins. So, so. I, I think
2: I'm starting to appreciate the sacramental nature of our church by not having it. Um, how important that is, and how what makes that makes us different to a lot of other churches. That sacramental nature, that that physical, but having to be there, that smell, the touch, that it's really important, and I'm really missing that. I can't wait. To be able to go back to my parish church and be with other people, and that's and yeah.
1: it's just. Well, I think it's. I think it's also one of the things I've learnt that what we do is not about personality; it's about Jesus, mm. Mm. and it's the relationship we have with Christ, uh, and that, that really is at the essence of everything we do. Um, it really highlights the fact that um, without His life, death, and resurrection then this wouldn't be none of this would be of relevance to anybody. This is about Jesus and how we're called to live the experience of Jesus. So that's one of the things that again has profoundly impacted upon me.
0: So speaking of resurrection, once we get to the other side of covid, this covid-19 experience, well, what changes do you think you'll keep?
2: Um we're getting a lot
1: of emails of people are asking, can we please do this after it's finished? And I'm scared about that. Yeah. Some I'm scared that people are going to rely on this yeah. as as their norm. And my answer to that question would be no, it won't happen in the same way. It can't, because that's not what mass is about. Mass is not about sitting in a lounge room watching television. Mass is about an an active participation. In the in the flesh, in the, flesh, in the person, um, yes, yes, it is for those who are incapable of coming to mass, and that is that's how they're able to participate. But for the normal community, it is being in a church, being celebrating. But it also highlights the fact that what we need to do is be able to be inviting, and that that we invite people into the experience of it, and that and and allow people to participate in the experience of it as they come to appreciate the beauty and the greatness of, of who Jesus is in their life. Um, I think th- that will be the challenge. That, but it's also, I keep saying the challenge, but it's also the opportunity. And that, so there's something for us to aim for. And it means we all have to sit down and we have to start talking about it. I hope the the... The beauty of what's happening in our young people's ministry and that the young people's program that's happening at the moment, that will continue, but it won't be the only way that it happens. That things like Alpha and other experiences that people are craving for at the present moment, because they were so important, that they'll say, yes, they're important, but they're not the only way. There are other ways in which we can do things. So we've got to work out what are the others. That we need to develop. Maybe it's an opportunity for the Australian Church together. To, so, like,
2: when the, a lot of the people that are asking, "Can we continue to do this afterward?" are those that aren't able to get a mass and, like, yeah. for example, aren't watching mass for you at home. Yes. Uh, so there, there's a, there, there's a that, need. There's a need yeah. for it there. Maybe it's an opportunity for the Australian Church
1: to to put something together and yeah. a production that's of high quality. Quality. And it also means that in some of our churches, that maybe we begin to make sure that people in the parishes know that not everyone's going to be live streaming any of their liturgy, all their liturgies. But some parishes might live stream one of their masses and we we advertise that, that your live stream's happening in these places so you could log on. And watch at that point in time. I'm hoping that when we finish the work here at the cathedral that eventually we might get a live stream set up here in the cathedral. So the 10.30 mass on a Sunday morning is live streamed for those who are in nursing homes and those who are at home. Um, but again, that's that's a project we have to look to. So it's.
0: Do you think it's also an opportunity to reconnect with people who have walked away from the church? There are a lot of
1: people who are reconnecting through... What's going on um, with live streaming stuff? Um, a lot of people have, have thanked us and said that they haven't been to church for years, but through this they've they've connected, and they'd like to come back to the parish community. So we've really got to reach out and say welcome home. It's lovely to have you back with us. Um, I often sell it, hear that from people when you sort of say to them, I, even before COVID-19 and. You think someone would say? I can remember meeting a lady out the front here at the cathedral one day and said, "It's been a long time since I've I've been to church." And I took her by the hand and I said, "Welcome home. It's lovely to have oh, you that's back." So nice. And that, and she looked at me and was sort of shocked, and she said, "I thought you'd go crook for." Her. I said, "No. It's just lovely to have you with us. We're more complete now because you're here." And that's just it. We've got to recognise that we are more complete when those who have been away from us come back, when they come home, and that we're more fully the body of Christ. We're always the body of Christ. But when people come back home and come back to be part of who we are, we're more fully that again and again and again because of who they are and what they bring. And, that it's, and we can be very critical because people, we're imperfect we're not perfect and people make mistakes and people people in the pews say things to one another and they hurt one another and that and but we've got to remember it's the community we're part of we're 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 a fractured community we're an imperfect community but we're still the body of christ
0: what's challenged you both during this time
1: Personally or spiritually? Both. I think personally um, contact with people, uh, especially my own family, uh, because I haven't been able to um, get up to see my mother as as often as I wanted to. Um, It was about, I think it was nearly seven weeks before I got to see her. um, and And that was really really difficult um, and so I I didn't get to see her for Mother's Day because of things that were happening so I actually got to see her on Saturday which was really great so I had just had the day with her in Newcastle on Saturday um, I've missed that I miss my family I've my um, one of my nephews um, had twin baby boys back in January and I've only seen them once that so those sorts of things just the normal family stuff the normal stuff of life um, that you would do and catching up with your friends and all those sorts of things I've missed spiritually it's the community the prayer the praying community being together with a community of faith that you can sort of respond to um, that you can interact with um, that's been really really difficult and that, and I'm i am hanging out for that i look forward to that time when the the church will be open again and we can gather in large numbers not just in tens and twenties and but our normal numbers when people hopefully will come back um, come back home to be together with their family um, that body of christ so hmm.
0: and how has your mum been through all of this
1: she's really good She's really good. She's been fantastic, and um, I, whilst I haven't hadn't seen her, um, there's probably not a day go past I wouldn't ring and just say, "Hello, how you doing? What have you been up to?" And um, I think she's getting really good at the washing and ironing, because um, <laughs> my brother my brother is with her, and um, and she has the dog with her, and but she's good, and she's she's very calm. She had no intention of going out um when we were in complete lockdown Um, although the other day I did ring and I couldn't get onto her and I I must admit um, I began to panic a little bit and I thought to myself so I rang my brother and said have you spoken to mum today and he said no why and I said well I've just tried to ring her over the last half hour and I haven't been able to get her and then he rang me back about two minutes later he said I forgot she went to have a hair perm,ed um, so oh, really? she was able to get out at that stage. So she went and had a hair perm.
0: She's one up on me. <laughs>
1: so, um, so little things like that. So, but she's really good, and and I think she's a wonderful example of being content, just to sit where she is at the present moment. Um, that this is what life was about at this point in time. So, yeah. what you do, you live life at this point in time, in this moment, in this experience, and that you don't look back and you look to the time when it's when things will be different but you live in this moment so I think that's one of the things she's taught me you live in this moment so
0: so tell me this what moments of grace have you both witnessed during COVID-19
1: since arriving in in Wollongong I've done very few uh, weddings and funerals. I haven't, I've done one wedding here in Wollongong and um, maybe I think my second funeral. Um, but I did a wedding of uh, a young couple who were booked in and we breathed a sigh of relief because their wedding was the day before um, the restriction of five guests, five people at the wedding, which meant the celebrant, the bride and groom, and the the two witnesses. And so their wedding was the day before. And the joy, and they didn't, they they had originally had 150 people coming to their wedding. And I think there were, there were less than 10 or maybe 10 or 11, uh, 10 people at the wedding. Um, And I asked one of the – I asked Jude uh, here, would he come and just do – they had a nuptial mass and that, would he come and do some music for us? and Because they – and I didn't realise I forgot that the groom was a teacher. I forgot he was a music teacher. Um, <laughs> so I really dropped Jude into it. But they were so appreciative of the fact that we would think of doing something like that. It just wasn't a matter of going and having a mass, getting married and leaving – but they came in and they had a beautiful nuptial mass with their family around them. Um, And then the office of the bishop's staff stood over near the presbytery here at the cathedral as they came out the side door of the church, kind of with streamers and everything like that, cheering them as they came out to celebrate their wedding. For me, that was a real moment of grace, um, which, which said to me that here they were, in the most awkward moment yeah. which should have been such an absolute joy for them that they were they were being absolutely restricted by what they could do and so we've we've decided 12 months time we'll get back together again and celebrate their wedding on their first anniversary where they can have the wedding that they they wanted to have with all their guests and friends and everything. But we would just do it as a renewal of vows on the first wedding anniversary. That's
0: oh, a lovely idea.
1: So, um, and I think a lot of people are that. And the other day I had um, Greg Parrish's dad's funeral. And uh, that for me was a very powerful moment where one of the things that we've trying to develop over the last little while since Greg arrived and I've really settled here is the fact that what we do here in the Office of the Bishop, we try to do recognise that, um, I'll use the image of the family. We are part of a family here and we look, try to look after one another. And it was, it was Greg's mum. And I was talking to her and I, I just happened to say, I said, look, there are a whole lot of people who are sharing this moment with you as a family. I said, the whole of our Office of the Bishop staff are, are beside you with this. And she became quite emotional and she said, you know, it's really beautiful to think that you've got that, we've got an image that is beyond just that little circle of her own family, that she belongs to something more. And I think that, for me, was a moment of grace. And especially when um, they came up at the very end of the funeral and placed their their flowers upon um, Greg's dad's coffin it was a really powerful moment of love. And I think, yeah, even in this, you still see love powerfully revealed. And that's, uh, so that for me was a real moment of grace also.
0: Well, gentlemen, I'm really conscious of the time, but Bishop Brian, do you have any final words for our listeners that you'd like to share?
1: Just to remember that at this point in time, the virus is still with us. So keep safe keep well and just care for one another just make sure you're caring for each other and care for yourself just care for yourself but know that keep safe and keep well and that I'm holding everyone in prayer
0: beautiful well gentlemen thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me After going to see the production today, I do realise how much you've had on your plate. So I really do appreciate you taking the time out for this. My pleasure. 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 This podcast was produced by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. Music provided by bensound.com. I'm Josie Cooks and thanks for listening in. Join us next time as we talk to other members of our Catholic School community about finding hope in the midst of our new normal.